Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Welcome to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. If you're brand new to the show, welcome aboard. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Really good to have you. Uh, we've got a really cool show lined up for you today, and I can't wait to get into it. My name is Terry Lepofsky. I will be your host. I am from Ubiquity Coaches. Welcome, as I said. It is really good to be rolling again with another great topic, um, and I think you're going to like it. Now, before we get into that, quick announcement for you, because it's coming up very, very quickly. Right as we start off September, we've got the Thrive Now Academy. What in the world's the Thrive Now Academy? You might be asking yourself. The Thrive Now Academy is basically uh, 25 coaches from around the world, top level coaches from around the world, all got together and started asking each other, what is it that your clients most want in coaching sessions? What is it that they're asking for in executive coaching? What do organizations want when they say, we want these people to go into executive coaching? So we asked those questions and started putting together 12 of the most valuable topics that people can have to become better leaders, to become inspiring leaders. We put all of that together in a 12-week program, one hour a day, five sessions a week. Some of them are webinars, some of them are highly interactive, and every Friday, all participants go through group coaching. So this is highly experiential, something that is going to live it won't be parked on a shelf and forgotten about. It will make people better, more effective, more efficient leaders, fantastic leaders, inspiring leaders. That's what the Thrive Now Academy is all about. If you're serious about your career, if you're serious about having your organization excelling, and as they say in the maritime, rising, boat, rising tides float all boats. If you want all of your leaders floating and doing great stuff and that great ripple effect of inspiration around you, engagement all the way around you, the Thrive Now Academy is your ticket. Now, reach out to us. The way to do it is just to send us a simple email. It is as simple as can be, info at executivecoaches.ca. It's up on the screen right now. If you're watching this, info at executivecoaches.ca. Okay, paying the bills out of the way. Let's get into this theme. Now, lots has happened over the last few years. We all know that, right? There have been a lot of crazy things happen with how many employees we've got sitting around, where they're sitting, uh, how engaged they are, all kinds of wild stuff going on. And all of a sudden, this topic has been put on to the priority list of what any organization should be looking at. If you're a CEO, if you're running a division, if you're in human resources, if you're at any level of the organization, this is one of the highest level topics that you should be looking at right now. We're talking about organizational learning. Organizational learning is of paramount importance right now. And we are so lucky to have with us somebody who is an absolute expert, an affiliate 
of the Ubiquity Coaches uh, in Calgary, Alberta. I got to introduce you to this guy, longtime friend, tons of admiration and respect for this guy, Marco Iafredi. So glad that you're back with us. You've been with us before, back with us on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Good to see you. Uh, great to see you. I, it, like you say, um, I know I'm a broken record on this one. Probably said this on the last one that was on. It's uh, you, our group within the IAC, our learning chapter, are cherished. Cherished friends, cherished colleagues. So uh, it's beyond a pleasure to be here. You are a master coach. You've been at the master coach level now for what is it, 20 years or close to? Uh 2008. So that's when I got the designation of that. We're getting close. We're getting Get close. close. You've definitely been there for an awful long time. Uh, what is that? 14 years of going on 15 years now yep. as yep. a master coach, you have worked with multinational organizations, the biggest of the big, when it comes to organizational learning, I kept thinking to myself, we got to get Marco on the show. We got to hear what it is, all of those wheels that are going on uh, yeah. every day as you're helping organizations uh, become more efficient, become more effective, deal with all of the challenges that are going on around us. Um, before we get into that, Marco, I have yeah. a question for you, and I want to yeah. ask you this right off the hop. Who or what inspires Marco Iafredi? Okay. And this is a fantastic question, of course. Um, it's actually a quote. And through, this leads into our entire discussion. Yeah. Uh, what is an inspiring leader? What is organizational learning? Why it's important and whatnot. It is a quote by Galileo Galilei. And it goes, we cannot teach people anything. We can only help them to discover it. And I love that for so many reasons. Just the word discovery. Um, what it means in terms of individual learning, organizational learning, and, and what it means to be a great coach, a great leader. Yeah, Our job is to draw out, there, just in the way that that statement is said, there's a sense of humility from the leadership perspective, Absolutely, from the yeah. coach perspective. And my job isn't to uh, hold them to account. My job isn't to direct to them. My job is to go in and draw out, help them discover who they are, their strengths, their learning, the aha moments and whatnot. And, and it takes that we'll call it the servant leadership perspective. Yeah. And I, I love that statement for so many reasons because it also grounds me. It's, it's that one foundational statement from there. You can just learn and go in all these different directions. And one of the hallmarks of great learning, I think, is having one fundamental sentence or one fundamental statement or one fundamental philosophy and you just build and grow from there. You know, you shared that quote with me, I'm not kidding, four years ago at least. You, you mentioned this quote. I didn't know that it was Galileo that actually this came from. Um, you cannot teach people anything. You can only help them to discover. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah. That's basically the quote, yeah. I paraphrase, right? Yeah. I paraphrase. <laughs> I, I will share with you, Marco, that you, when you shared that quote with me, it actually influenced the way that I coach people. And so from that perspective, I want to thank you because you've actually mentored me and coached me and helped me in ways that you probably didn't even realize. But well, I do remember you sharing that with me very distinctly. And, and uh, one, a thank you. And two, but there's just a perfect example of, we'll call it organizational learning, individual learning, taking the yeah. statement, reflecting on it, and then how it then changes the behaviors. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, speaking of behaviors, speaking of moving the needle and never stop growing, which is written up on the screen above our heads, let's talk about 
organizational learning. Yeah. Let's get into yeah. this. Uh, get, set the stage for us, a little context. What are we talking about when you say organizational learning? Because yeah. as I shared with you earlier, I think for myself and a lot of people, that sounds like a pretty big umbrella. What, what are we talking about here? And it is. And when you really think about it, individuals are always learning, organizations, they're always learning. And I think one of the key distinctions is how intentional are you with it? Um, you can be either effective at it or reactive and ineffective at it, so yeah. to speak. And and I think that's the big thing. And you go back to Peter Senge and his, and his five principles, and that's essentially where learning organizations started. And um, Can I put but, those up on the yeah, screen? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think okay, you, have me, that, uh, you have that graphic. Uh, yeah, we were talking about this a little earlier, and I went out and tried to find... Uh, something that we could share with people to, when we're talking about uh, these five principles from Peter Senge. Yeah. So systems thinking, but well, you take us through this. What, what are we well, looking at here? And we'll just go really super high level here. So of systems course. thinking, and, yeah. and, and this is a key distinction, rather than just looking at individual pieces and elements, how do they work together in the in entire environment, the, yeah. the system, the interconnections? And Good learning organizations really start thinking, okay, what are the interconnections here? What's really going on and how do these influence one another? And uh, so Instead of it, thinking in silos and that sort of thing, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so just yeah. systems thinking and then mental models are our view of the world and, and what shapes us and, uh, and being able to change those perceptions and views accordingly. The learning piece, yes. shared vision and... This is amongst the organization, not just the leaders directing, but now that's the frontline workers. And one of the key hallmarks that I've noticed about great learning organizations, they do a way better job of listening to their frontline workers. And, and a lot of organizations do that, but there's still that top-down approach. We're going to set the objections, objectives from the high end, which right. is still important. It's not that it's not important. However, great learning organizations do an incredible job of, okay, let's set some objective, objectives, but this is a shared vision. How do our frontline workers and how do we connect the expertise all across the organization to create that shared vision? And, so it's, and they a, just, it's a journey then, and we're saying we're all going on this journey together. What's our bearing? Somebody yeah. has to have a compass. We're going this direction. Let's ever, yeah. let's get some alignment in which direction we're going instead of everybody going like a incandescent light bulb energy in every direction. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And a lot of organizations do this. It's not a question of them not doing it. The key piece is when, when you start looking at effective learning organizations, they just do that little better job of just going a little deeper and, and just looking at things and finding clues in there that just better connect everything with respect to the vision, the team learning. How do we learn as a group? It's almost like that flatter organization. Yeah. Leaders spending more time listening and asking questions as opposed to directing. And, and listening to all different levels of the organization. And the personal mastery piece is when we have that, uh, uh, that shared vision and we develop that learning, giving people the opportunity to, to develop the skill set and grow and beyond just uh, a skill, but now it is knowledge and wisdom that starts coming into play and it becomes going into that experience piece. So that's just a quick overview and where learning organizations started. And a lot of organizations do this, but the big distinction is how intentional are they and how good are they at just noticing those little bits of clues that start putting all the pieces together within the system. 
Right. So the systems thinking of how we have everything uh, interrelates, the mental models, the concepts, the the uh, the workflows, the way that we're thinking about things, the shared vision and alignment, yeah. uh, personal mastery, and then the team learning component of all of this. Yeah. And, and I can give a really quick example. I know we have a few other ones, healthcare related, but this one, uh, really important. So just... Yeah, a, sure. colleague, a colleague of mine asked me to come in and goes, listen, there's an organization coming to me. They want to do some organizational change and uh, really, really intentional. Great organization, great leaders. Yeah. And I was just sitting in on the call um, and it was just fascinating. So you had leaders and we're talking with the executive VP and then the, the direct managers and then talking about one particular supervisor that had really been uh, recently been promoted. Yeah. And it was just fascinating listening to the conversation and hearing a couple of leaders going, we just promoted this person and their inbox is at a thousand emails. How does that happen? And they're just, they're making a lot of mistakes. And what was really interesting was one of them made a comment while well, the person's going through a divorce and of course with divorce and there's financial distracted. challenges, a little yeah. distracted, <laughs> financial, potential financial challenges. And if there's yeah. kids involved, there's custody issues that go on with that. Yeah. Plus, you have this person in a new position. And the individual prior to this person had actually developed the, the position. So they went through all the trials and tribulations. And yeah. they figured out all the mistakes. They were in the trenches. Now you have this new person coming into this position with these family challenges and it was interesting how one of the leaders said, like, maybe maybe I hired the wrong person. But what was fascinating about that statement was this person had said, I hired that person way back when. And I saw such incredible potential. And in this other position, they were doing great things. And these are good leaders. I'm, I'm, I'm not judging them as leaders. But what was interesting was they were missing those little clues. And then even one of them at one point said, yeah, well, maybe those personal factors are impacting the learning piece right. on this job. And then they went right back to maybe we didn't hire the right person for this position. Yeah. And, and when you start looking at that, you're going, there's so many clues in there that looking at it from a systems perspective. I was just going to say, yeah. There's so what are the interconnections? What, what could be impacting the situation? Yeah. And then changing our approach. And another thing that within organizations that we really need to change right now to be better learning organizations, stop going to that old blame culture that fault culture, it's a personal issue cult, uh, problem. Um, yeah. it, it's down to the individual and they're not performing the tasks as yeah. related. And start asking, well, what are the conditions around them that may be having them, that are maybe having them not perform to their best? Yeah. And, and sometimes it is the wrong person. There's no question about it, that happens. But I think more times than not, most people, they want to do a great job. They come to work with the best intentions of doing a great job. And then just the system around them, um, maybe putting up some barriers. And yeah. great learning organizations do a better job at looking at those interconnections, yeah. the personal yeah. factors, the, the job factors, the, the policies and procedures, and actually learning from the frontline worker and saying, tell me what the issue is. Help me. So you mentioned uh, this, this healthcare example, but before we jump into yeah. that yeah. one, yeah. let me back up a little bit because... Um, before the show, you and I were chatting a little bit about some of the factors that have elevated organizational learning to a, a whole new priority. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is it is right at the front burner right now for most organizations. Like I said, if you're if you're um, starting an organization, if you're a CEO, 
if you're running a division or if you're in HR, this absolutely should be right at the top of your radar. Yeah. Why is that, Marco? What is it that you've seen over the last couple of years that's really pushed this up? Well, let's start with the pandemic and let's yeah. start with our aging demographic, the baby boomers. Those, yeah. two, those two pieces right there. And we've always had the discussion of now more than ever, organizations are competitive. That's always been around. There's always yeah. been that piece of learning and com competition. And, but when you think about, let's just, let's start with boomers. You have the largest cohort of our population and there's already a labor shortage right now and yeah. in different industries. I'm here in Alberta in the oil and gas industry. They're clamoring for people in that industry. Oh yeah, yeah. Healthcare. I used to be in the wellness industry and colleagues of mine have been telling me there are people that because of the pandemic have left the industry and they're not coming back. And there's now a shortage for fitness instructors and personal trainers. And yeah. you, you just see the impact of that from, from COVID. But back to the boomers, you've got this incredible wealth and knowledge in the largest cohort of our population. We already have a labor shortage. Yeah. Now they're going to be taking that knowledge with them and leaving the workforce. And yeah. Not only do we have a shortage of workers coming in behind them, but the, that shortage of workers are inexperienced. And you as an organization, capturing the knowledge from people leaving, and even when they do go, how do you get better at learning? So that new person coming in learns better, more effectively. And I'm even going to say safely, not just in terms of psychological safety, but the actual physical safety on the job. Wow. That, see, that hadn't dawned on me before, but you're right, especially in, as we'll get to the healthcare industry, which is just such a prime example of this. Yeah. 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 So, so let's jump into that. So healthcare, what's the example here? You. Me. <laughs> this is what we talked about before. Yeah. 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 So the little context, a little background for those who have been tuned into the show for a while and you're here for, with a repeat one, uh, you may know that, um, just one month ago, I had both my hips replaced. I'm now the bionic man um, on, on a slow but steady uh, pace to recovery. Um, but this was a long time coming and delayed dramatically for over two years, almost three years by COVID. Um, so this was a tough thing. So I went in and I had my, my hips replaced. I was in the hospital for a few days. Then I get out. Now, this is where I bring it over to Marco. Let's do the bridge to organizational learning here. Okay. So let's take you as an individual. Yeah. You had your hip replacement. Yeah. And I know in, here in Alberta, we had uh, trials where they were doing hip replacements and knee replacements in one set clinic. And that's all they did. Yeah. And that had stopped. And I'm fortunate to have one of my closest friends and, and colleagues uh, who is an occupational therapist and excellent at what she does. And using you as the example. Yeah. So you go in, you get your, your hips replaced. Yeah. And, and I asked you earlier, did you talk to an occupational therapist that can help you design and set up your environment at home? No. The big no. No, a not at no. all. No. No. Nope. Uh, you mentioned you did talk to a physiotherapist and they asked about stairs. and, yeah, and stairs gave, just to help me figure out how to climb stairs with crutches and all that kind of stuff and come down yeah. and everything. Yeah. Okay. Up and down. But yeah. one piece of that, not your entire home environment. No way, no. No, and then you figured out on your own that you said, I need to be in a prone position and I need something to get me up and down. And tell yeah. us about what you did there. 
So, yeah, so I started thinking about this, thinking I've got to get in a zero gravity thing. I'm having both the, the center of my body replaced, both of my hips. This is going to be a very, very big thing for mobility. So I thought, how about a recliner? Maybe I should get one of those medical recliners and rent one of those for a while. So I asked the surgeon, I said, would you have any problem writing a prescription for a medical recliner? His answer was, yeah, sure, that makes sense to me. But nobody talked to me about it. Nobody thought of it. Nobody suggested it. And I will tell you that that was the single most effective piece of equipment, uh, probably tied with the crutches that I had. Yeah. And it, it really saved my bacon. Yeah. Had an occupational therapist been put into the conversation, that probably would have been addressed. And Bingo, yeah. Going back to the blame, punish, one of the things that we need to do in this conversation is take that out of the way. Because blame yeah. gets in the way of learning. And I'm sure there are good people having these conversations, but notice how just you as an example, these pieces weren't connected. And then we also talked about a personal trainer. How would you have felt if after the surgery, talking to the surgeon, after talking to a physiotherapist to set up the, the exercises for you, and then having an occupational therapist come in and design your environment to better support you? Working with someone that is specialized in post-rehabilitative personal training in conjunction with the other three, just having that conversation, showing you some exercises firsthand on how you can best improve your strength and what to do and what not to do and how to do it safely. How yeah. would that have worked for you? Oh, it would have been a complete game changer. Now, if I will say, full disclosure, I'm married to somebody who's in the wellness and healthcare uh, industry, has a great background in it. And so she really helped me, yeah. uh, kept on me about doing the exercises and the rest of it. But I'm telling you, having somebody who's, that's their their primary focus to help out, I think my, probably my recovery would have been much, much more efficient and effective. Yeah. Yeah. And just connecting these pieces. Yeah. Good people out there doing the work, taking away the blame. And we're talking a very complex system here from government yeah. to hospitals to individual providers down to, the uh, down to you as the individual. So you have to bring that into consideration. When you start getting into complex systems, the solutions and the discussions are much more complex. Yeah. But just in this conversation here, how much more effective it would have been and, and as a learning organization um, how, how do we connect those pieces better? Now, necessity breeds invention. Our healthcare system, I'm going to say, is in crisis right now. And you yeah. look at what happened with the pandemic and yeah. the vaccine, how quickly that came out. I, I have faith that people learn and organizations learn. But going back, and these are conversations, I remember seeing a McLean's magazine where on the cover, it was a gentleman that was obese, that was lathered in uh, suntan oil, not sunscreen, oil smoking a cigarette and they said canadians are going to have to choose these are conversations that have been going on and effective organizations do a much better job of connecting them earlier in the conversation of really looking at the system and getting rid of the positions and and the hierarchy whatever it may be that gets in the way of learning just let's get down and do the work we understand yeah. that we'll use the creative tension of different positions to come up with better solutions we use the different points of view as an opportunity for not only diversity and inclusion, but just to de develop and further innovation. Let's take these different opinions and actually use them to come up with a solution. Where do we yeah. meet in the middle? Yeah.
Yeah. So, um, Marco, I had I had planned on asking you a question in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've already shared you with you the question just for prep and all the rest of it. Um, I was going to ask you about any advice that you can offer, but I I'm wondering if maybe we can combine this. Yes. Because absolutely. here we are talking about organizational learning. I was already going to ask you about any advice you might be able to offer our audience to help them become even better. Um, can we combine the two of these from an organizational learning perspective? Is there anything that, you know, you're working with these multinational organizations. Um, if you were to walk into an organization, what would be some, maybe some of the more common recommendations or suggestions you might put forward? Well, there, there's a few. And then systems thinking. Um, one of the big ones, learning from the front line. Just yeah. asking. And this is what effective leadership is, inspiring leadership, effective learning, a learning-centric leader. They do a better job of asking questions, listening, and, and to the expert that has the first-hand experience right then and there. And they probably yeah. did at some point in time. There's a reason why they're in a leadership position. They had the experience, but now they're, they're a little more distant from it. So one of the things would be asking frontline workers. Two, asking themselves the question, am I a learning-centric leader? Oh are we God. a learning centric organization? Yeah. And then people say, yeah, we've got, we've got our infrastructure for learning, uh, like our things like Workday or our, our, uh, our learning and development software where people yeah, go in and do the courses yeah. and whatnot. The, the, yeah, learning management systems. But then following it up with the question, really? Because a lot of the pieces are there. And then you ask that question of, but really, are we? And then you start really getting into the deeper um, conversations of, oh, I'm in the way here with how I view things. I'm in the way here with just a little bit more directive and whatnot. So asking yeah. that question, are we a learning-centric organization or am I a learning-centric leader? Finishing it off with, but really. And just going a little deeper with that conversation. Yeah. And there's always assessments and i saw one online that i thought was just fabulous 18 questions and they asked about the leadership are you open to different uh, points of view how how well do you connect conversations how much time do you build into the day whether it's five minutes ten minutes or whatever whatnot for yeah. actual learning and idea sharing so um just assessing your organization from a leadership perspective from a learning infrastructure perspective from an environment and we're talking about is there psychological safety and all of those pieces yeah. to have different points of view and then the infrastructure and your philosophy. What is our learning philosophy? I like that. A asking the frontline people, the people who are actually touching the business every single yep. day every from the critical day. point of view. Uh, how are we doing on this? I really like the whole concept of do we have support and are, are our leaders setting an example? Yeah. yeah. This seems to be, a critical element. People get to a certain level and they think, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it really does need to be role modeled. So I'm glad that you added that in. Um, but I think all three, absolutely vital. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Excellent advice. Um, got one more question for you. You open up absolutely. for this one? Yeah, totally. Okay. What does inspired leadership mean to Marco Iafridi? Inspired leadership, going back to the quote, helping people discover it's yeah. that servant leadership. It's that humility in leadership. That's what inspired leadership is. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to draw the best out of you, your, your ideas, your opinions, your experiences, your skills. 
that's what inspired leadership means to me. It's helping people discover not only new points of view, their skills, abilities, strengths, and just to really empower people. That's, that's what inspired leadership is to me. Love it. What a great answer. Marco, this is fantastic. I totally appreciate your time, your perspectives, your energy. Uh, this is, like I said, one of the prominent, prominent topics right now. Organizations across the country, certainly in the healthcare industry. Uh, but I would add, uh, you know, based on the work that I've been doing with organizations in uh, finance, in engineering, in software, in high tech, pretty much across the board, manufacturing, it's on everybody's radar right yeah. now. And a little bit of effort, a little bit of focus in this regard, this mindset, I think, can really change uh, the trajectory yeah. of where organizations are going. 100% yeah. agreement. And, and now a question to you. When yeah, sure. you work with these organizations, what are you, from this learning organization perspective, what are you noticing? What pieces could be improved upon, so to speak? You know, uh, really good question. I think um, one of the key pieces comes to systems thinking about thinking about the interconnections within the organization. What's the impact over here if we make this change? How can we benefit that organization through something that we're strong at? all that good stuff. Um, but I also think the team learning thing is a big element. I think a lot of organizations these days are, uh, although they're leaning on um, executive coaches, leadership coaches, training, um, I think that there's a, a lot to be said for providing that environment where people learn from each other, putting uh, peers together to help solve problems that they're facing, to help um, shine that flashlight of awareness onto best practices that are working really well. So I think the more that we can get people together um, and facilitated, you know, these things need to not just be uh, thrown out there and said, good luck and do your meetings, you know, once every month or something of that nature, but mm -hmm. it needs to be facilitated and it needs to be properly guided. But I think that there's a, a great deal of opportunity for organizations in that. Yeah. So going back to our earlier conversation, being intentional about building time in to learn and connecting that knowledge together. If, if I paraphrase, did I paraphrase that right? Yeah, absolutely. This sounds really good. Marco, thank you so much for joining us here today. This has been gold, my friend. I really appreciate your time. And thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Terry. Okay, folks, just one quick reminder before we head out, Thrive Now Academy, I mentioned it at the hop here, and I'll mention it again. It's coming off up right away. September 4th, we're going to be doing the big announcement. The whole thing starts one week later. This is one-hour sessions, once a day for 12 weeks. Time commitment, absolutely. Is it a career accelerator? Guaranteed. This is something that will absolutely put people out of their comfort zones, but straight into best practices. This is the kind of thing that is going to create consistent leadership in organizations. So if you're an organization and you're thinking, why do all of our leaders, why are they all aiming in different directions and doing different things? This gets consistency. This gets the right approach when it comes to providing feedback for inspiring your team, for interacting and getting that systems thinking gelling. So all of this is going to be happening in the Thrive Now Academy. Send us an email info at executivecoaches.ca, info at executivecoaches.ca. We do have corporate rates for this. We've got individual uh, membership that is now opened up and on the floor. 
but it's limited. We're not just filling it up with as many as we can. So make sure that you jump in there. Make sure that you uh, contact us quickly and we'll be happy to accommodate. Thrive Now Academy starting up just within the next couple of weeks. Folks, it has been my pleasure to be your pilot for this particular episode of Inspiring Leaders. Been absolutely fantastic to have Marco Iafredi, Master Coach, join us today to talk about organizational learning. Thank you for your ears. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your open mind. You take care and bye for now.